Hello and welcome to Making a Mindset, a podcast that's going to enrich your life and thought process one episode at a time. Today we continue with part two of our four-part series called A Winning Attitude. Again, in this series, we're going to chat about attitude, what a winning attitude is, who embodies a winning attitude, and how a winning attitude can change your life and quell your fears. So if you missed the last episode, go ahead and pause this one here, listen to the last one, and then come right back. As sort of a recap, last time, we discussed what a winning attitude is and is not. We talked about the three integral components of a winning attitude, right? Perseverance, integrity, and your why. And how those components determine whether or not you'll even be able to have a winning attitude at all. If the three are in harmony, you're in pretty good shape. And if not, developing a winning attitude might be near impossible. So with that in mind, today we're gonna talk about your attitude, developing that winning attitude and thinking a bit more about those three components. And then last, I'll finish up by talking about perhaps one of the biggest tools that you can put in your tool belt when it comes to changing your mindset. Before I get into the development side, though, I want to talk quickly about potential. I remember hearing this story about a baby. So if you were to walk into a nursery or if you've ever had kids, for example, if you look at a baby's face, right, you look into their eyes, you're probably not thinking, man, they're gonna grow up and just be bums. You're gonna look into their eyes and see the entire universe. The sky is literally the limit for them. They have unlimited potential as babies. And that's how we see babies. But when we look at human beings around us, for some reason, maybe it's hard times or maybe it's tremendous success, we see people for what they've accomplished not for the potential that they have. So I want to challenge you there for a second and think about human potential. And I really want you to focus on this. Each and every one of us has unique and unlimited human potential. We can literally do whatever is humanly possible. And sometimes we can even break those barriers that we thought existed. So what the heck stops us from doing what we want to do? Is it the time that we have in a day? Absolutely not. How much time, for example, does Mark Zuckerberg have in a day? 24 hours. What about Jeff Bezos? How much time does he have in a day? 24 hours. How much time do you have in a day? 24 hours. It's really important to consider the time that you have in a day, right? We all have 24 hours. And importantly, how you're using that time. If you use it wisely, you can seriously unlock the potential that you have. So it's not about the time and the day that stops us from success, whatever success looks like to us. What about money? Absolutely not, again. Oprah Winfrey was born into a poor family and became the first African-American TV correspondent in Tennessee. Just one example. Howard Schultz, the 
former CEO and executive chairman of Starbucks, grew up in a housing complex for the poor in Brooklyn. And yet he became the CEO and executive chairman of Starbucks. So if it's not time and it's not money, what is it that stops us from doing what we want or unlocking our potential? It's, in my opinion, of course, the topic of this series, our attitudes. Let me tell you two other true stories to try to illustrate my point. The first is about a homeless man that I met in my hometown who we'll call Greg. At the time when I met him, Greg had been homeless for several years. He was injured and he walked with a limp. Still, he walked down a long, busy street every single day asking for spare change and uh, getting a bite from people to eat every now and again. Then one day, a businessman decided to see what he could do to help Greg out. So this man got him some food, got him some clothes, and he ate, even gave him shelter. Over the course of the next two months, the businessman continued to feed, clothe, and shelter Greg. And at this point, the businessman had even gone as far as to help Greg get a new social security card and try to get him back on his feet. Now, in my hometown, there's a housing program for the poor and the homeless. And you can live in this particular house if you meet certain conditions, like being drug-free, etc. But important too is that the housing program, this particular one, gives the people that live there odd jobs so that they can pay the rent for the house. And to be clear, if I remember correctly, the rent is like super cheap, like $100 a month. So the businessman got Greg set up with the house and a week or two later, Greg was back on the street. When asked why he wasn't at the house anymore, Greg said that he didn't like it. He'd been living on the streets so long that this is what he felt comfortable with, that that's how he lived. And he didn't have the mindset to want to change his life around. Now, let me tell you the second story. The second story is about the businessman from the first story. The businessman, also obviously from my hometown, we'll call him Jim. Jim has a couple of kids, but when they were young, Jim got divorced. And after a bitter divorce, Jim lost just about everything. He wasn't a millionaire or anything before the divorce, but going from some to none is still a pretty bad blow. After having to file bankruptcy and living with his parents for a while, Jim decided enough was enough. He needed to provide for his kids and he wanted to provide for himself. So, as Tony Robbins would say, he turned his shoulds into musts. In other words, he turned the things that he believed he should do into the things that he knew he must do if he wanted to achieve certain outcomes. And over the course of the next five years, Jim built a really successful small business and has been able to live comfortably and give charitably ever since. The only difference between Jim and Greg in terms of their starting point is the way that they looked at their situation. That's it. Jim understood the power of his mindset and the power of a winning attitude where Greg did not.
Jim understood why he was doing what he was doing. He was driven by the desire to fulfill the needs of his family and live comfortably. Greg didn't have a compass for his life. Jim understood that he needed to stick to his moral and ethical principles, not cutting corners when given the opportunity to do so. Greg was unsure how to hold himself accountable. Jim understood he was going to receive pushback and that there would be uncertainty in running his own business. Yet, even in the face of it, he still moved forward. Greg gave up when he felt uncomfortable. Again, this is all to say that the three components of a winning attitude, perseverance, integrity, and your why, are so crucial. And they offer you a path to success. I want to switch gears just a bit and talk about the development of a winning attitude. And let me try to add a tool to your tool belt. This tool, I think, is going to revolutionize your life. The tool is self-talk. Now, just saying that, that out loud, you're probably thinking, self-talk? You mean you want me to talk to myself and like say nice things about myself? Yeah, kinda. And I know this sounds like super positive thinky, junk help type stuff, but hear me out for just a minute. Your brain records the things that you hear and think. Now usually, your brain will record it and then let it go. Through repetition, however, your brain records the same things over and over again, actually physically wiring those things into your brain. There's a lot of good neuroscience behind this. And that's why when you have a baby, it's important to repeat words to them in order to help them learn those words. Those words are actually being wired into their brain through repetition. The same is true with the way we think about other things. For example, perhaps you have a negative coworker and every day you go into work and you're talking to your coworker, you ask them how their day is and they just grunt or, you know, another day, another dollar, something like that. Nothing really positive comes out of their mind and that's why you call them your negative coworker, right? And then there's other people. You go up to them, you ask them, you know, how's your day going? Because that's just a thing that people do. And they say, great, never better. You know, great day, great morning. And that's positive. And that's just the way in which they live their lives. What's important about the distinction between these two people is their mindset. The negative coworker is constantly saying, negative things. And through repetition, right, through saying negative things and maybe negative ideas bouncing off that person, that person, it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They become more negative because literal negative words, negative thoughts and feelings are being drilled into their brain and literally, physically wired in through repetition. Thankfully, the same is true about the positive person or the success-focused person, the person with a winning attitude. Those people likely think 
and hear from others and say positive things more often. In that way, those words, those positive thoughts are literally being wired in through repetition. And repetition is really, really important, right? Because again, your brain records things that you hear and the things that you think, and then it will usually let it go. But through repetition, your brain actually wires pathways that determine how you think in the first place. And this helps when you react to things, right? If, for example, you practice self-talk and maybe you listen to this podcast and it cheered you up a little bit, or maybe you learned something new, you're actually rewiring your brain. And doing that will allow you to react just a little bit differently to situations. You become more perseverant. You understand that sometimes there's going to be setbacks, but it's going to be okay because overall you have a positive mindset. Now at this point you might be thinking, how is this all possible? Well, I'm not going to get into the, the science of it, but there's a word that you can look up that will allow you to understand this with just a quick Google search. The word is neuroplasticity, and it's the basic idea that over the course of your life, your brain changes. Because your brain can change, because you can actually rewire your brain through self-talk, through your thoughts, through your actions, through other people's words, you can become more positive, you can have a winning attitude, and you can bring success into your life with this one simple yet revolutionary thing called self-talk. And all you have to do is give it a try. Next week, as we continue this winning attitude series, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this idea of self-talk and the different things that you can do to literally start changing the way that you think about your life and therefore change the outcomes in your life. Until then, I invite you to, over the next week, just say something nice about yourself every day. Maybe write down a couple affirmations every morning and then let me know how it's changing your life. That's going to be it for this episode of Making a Mindset. I've been your podcast host, Jacob Tomlinson. Of course, it's always appreciated if you could give us a like and a subscribe for more content on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Music, or wherever you're listening to this. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all next week.